Hey everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. It's Jessica here. Thanks so much for tuning in to another Now What Wednesday. This week on the show, I know most of you are probably thinking that this is my I just became a pilot wife, now what story. But actually, I've invited a fellow friend to join me today to share her experience of becoming a pilot wife, which was really great. It was really nice to have a conversation and hear her experience and share a little bit of mine. So there's definitely more back and forth in this episode as we both kind of share how we met our pilots, what that experience was like. So yeah, super excited for you to hear today's conversation. Uh, Peyton's experience of becoming a pilot's wife was very revealing that she shares some really deep personal things as she was thrust into this new lifestyle, um, graciously of course. So uh, I just love to hear how a life-changing experience can really open up things for you in a way that you don't really expect. So here is a little bit about Peyton. She is uh, a writer, wannabe rapper, and a coffee shop hopper who loves connecting people to a grace much bigger than expected. Her debut book, Not So By Myself, was promoted by former White House Press Secretary Dana Perino and endorsed by TED Talk speaker and creator of the More Love Letters movement, Hannah Benchner. Peyton lives in Colorado with her husband, Josh, and their two gremlin dogs, Alfie and Daisy. So without further ado, let's get to the now what. Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank, now what? Me too, friend, me too. I've had quite a few actually, and in the moment, I never knew what I was gonna do next. Of course, I had to figure it out, sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own, I just blank, now what stories, so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? All right. Hello, Peyton Garland. Hey, excited to be here. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have our chat today. You know, once you and I connected a little while ago and we were like, yes, come on the show. I've been like, oh my gosh, when's Peyton coming on? Because I cannot wait to talk with you because we are like, sisters (laughs) like we have the same life and uh you're a pilot's wife and we are a very rare breed of human out there and I feel like when you meet or when you get together with other pilot wives there's like this instant connection it's because like I know girl I know I feel you right (laughs) no exactly for sure so yeah so I'm so excited about our conversation today how are you what's going on over there Oh, well, I am in Colorado where it's starting to snow and it's getting cold. So I'm I'm bundling up. That's what I do. I drink coffee. I drink hot tea. I put on fuzzy socks. I put jackets on my dogs and I freeze. But when I'm not just totally frozen, I'm writing, reading or daring the outdoors and hiking. Awesome. Love it. All right. So let's just jump right in because this is going to be a great story today. One that we share. Um, so it'll be a nice conversation. So I just became a pilot's wife. Now what? 
take us back. Tell us how you met your pilot. You know, how did all of this start? Did you know him before he was a pilot, after a pilot? Tell us your origin story and then we'll, we'll swap notes. <laughs> no. So I, <laughs> I'm so glad you started with that because I actually met my husband in the way that everyone tells you not to meet your spouse. So I was set up on a blind date to a wedding with him. And I didn't want to go to this wedding. I found out he did not want to go to this wedding because we didn't want to go with each other, but friends had made connections and we felt obligated and there was free food. So we show up at this wedding and he's actually cute. And then I don't really get rid of him. So we, we date for about six months. Uh, we're engaged six months and then we get married. But at this time, he is a sales rep for the Atlanta Falcons professional football team in Atlanta, Georgia. So we're making good money. I mean, life is smooth. We know the check is coming. If he sells some really fancy tickets, even better. Now we can just go on vacation. And he comes home one day from, from this job out of nowhere and just says, hey, babe, I think I want to be a pilot. And I was like, what? Like, you've never even mentioned that you like airplanes. Like, what, what do you mean you want? You've never flown a plane. What are you talking about? You're, you know, we're in our mid twenties. You've already gotten a degree. You've gotten the job you wanted. What are you talking about? <laughs> and he said, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like I need to be a pilot. And so this is six months into us being married. So I just said what I thought every good new wife says. And I said, okay, like, sure, sure. Feel free to go chase this piloting dream. And so I, I think the neat thing and, and also the tough thing is I've been there with him before and after in this whole piloting process. Okay. Yeah. So that's different from me because I met my pilot when he was already a pilot. So I, like, I went into it knowing like, well, not really knowing, cause I don't think you really know until right. oh, for you're sure. like deep into it. But when we were introduced, we were also kind of set up um, I actually met my pilot at my grandfather's 90th birthday party in which he was forced to show up to, um, didn't want to be there. So similar there. And, uh, we dated for eight months and then got engaged. Oh, this is spooky. This is very, <laughs> this is very similar, but I love it. I love it. All right. So, uh, you're newlywed six months into your, um, life together. And he's like, I want to be a pilot. And you say, Okay. <laughs> yeah, I had no, you know, I, I had no clue what else I was supposed to say at that point, besides like God bless the 300 people that are eventually going to be stuck in the sky with him because this man has never flown a plane. So lots of unknowns for sure. Yeah. And, and the industry is definitely unique in the sense of a, what you have to go through to become a pilot. Um, what starting your career as a pilot actually looks like versus what people think it's about. Oh, yes. Oh right. my goodness. Yes. Everyone's like, Oh, that's so fancy. And like, they think they're all making like big money. I'm like, no, no, no. They make nothing. They oh, yeah. work like crazy and they make nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, so my husband is a flight instructor right now that that's kind of what he's doing, but he doesn't like for a lot of people know, but I tell them just last week, he went up to Endeavor Airlines, which is Delta's regional. He mm -hmm. interviewed and got a job. So he is now officially an airline pilot, but as a flight instructor, I'll be honest, I've been the breadwinner for the past three years of our four-year marriage. Like I have held down the fort financially because like you said, it's long hours, it's hard work. 
but they don't get paid a lot. They don't step into the 200K price range like yeah. everybody thinks they do. Yeah. So yeah, so there's another commonality. When I met my pilot, he was also an instructor because that's where everyone starts. They, you, they right. do that to let them build the hours and make a little bit money because flight school's expensive, kids. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, oh yeah. There's, there's yeah. another loan to add on top of previous student loans. So and, um, always fun. And no one will even look at you until you have a certain amount of hours, right? So you got to right. figure out how to build hours without having to go pay for all that flight time. So yeah, instructing is totally normal. Okay. So he becomes an instructor. Does he love instructing? Because my, my pilot loves instructing. And if he could stay an instructor, he absolutely would have. My husband, Josh wants to run his head into a wall. So, so he absolutely hates it. And it's just because he said for him, he, he loves flying the plane. And he said, as an instructor, I spend my day with someone else flying the plane. So for him, it's more of just, I can't get my hands on the aircraft. I'm not the one actually flying, which, which totally makes sense. But right now he's training uh, pilots with the United States Air Force. And so what he doesn't like is he said, he's very chill. He's a very relaxed guy. He said, every day it's, Sir, I've maintained the proper aircraft equipment, sir, blah, 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 sir, like everything's a salute and a sir. And he said, I'm just here because, I, you know, I like airplanes and I want to get my hours. But like, you don't have to. I'm not your drill sergeant. I'm not a soldier. So that's the funny a thing. Right He's a civilian working <laughs> military guys. Wow. Two different personalities. Oh, right for there. sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, all right. Fast forward. He does, he leaves his career, becomes a pilot. And what does that mean for you, ma'am? Oh, it, <laughs> it means I go from working one job to three jobs. So when he went to flight school for him, it was a nine month program, but because it was only nine months and it was a little bit accelerated, it meant he was in class, like almost like in high school, he's going back to being gone eight hours, coming home with a notebook and studying for tests. So him even having a side gig job was out of the question. Like it just wasn't possible. And so I literally took the reins. I went from working one job to three jobs for nine months that turned into 13 months because winter weather slowed down his hours. And that's literally how he became a pilot. I just worked for a very, very long time. Lots of overtime. Yeah, I I feel that because I was also the main income earner when we first got together, even, even long distance though, right? Like we were long distance, yeah. but as a pilot's wife, you do take on the financial load while they're in those early days of, you know, going either being to school or even the early days of being in their career. All right. So just a little bit of stress, not, 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 not a big deal. Right. Just, <laughs> just <a touch. laughs> oh, no, no, it was, you know, it's already hard enough. I think that first year of marriage, I mean, just in all reality, we didn't live together before we were married. So the first six months were, we're just figuring out each other's quirks, like little things, like you don't use the hamper. Why do you put the socks by the hamper, but not in the hamper? Could you please put the cap back on the toothpaste? There's now toothpaste all over the counter. Like little things are, are already just there in front of us to navigate. And so then you go from something like the cap of the toothpaste to complete career change. And not just for him, but me, like I had to shuffle things around and pull strings in her work, the workforce in a way I didn't want to take jobs that were just available because they were available. Mm -hmm. And it was hard it, for, for us, I guess, as a married couple year one, it was super hard. It, it was not like we did not have a honeymoon phase year one, for sure. 
Yeah. That literally just like blew, blew up your life. <laughs> oh gosh. Yes. Yeah. And it, it, it challenged who I was as a person, like, because I, you know, I just vowed to love this person for better or for worse. <laughs> and it's like, okay, here's the for worse. We're just going to go ahead and give that to you way early on, like financially, emotionally, here it is. Deep end. You were just tossed into the deep end. I feel all of that for you. So, um, all right, fast forward. Things <laughs> graduate. <laughs> oh, he, he finishes flight school. And, and in my head, I'm thinking that's it. We're done. You know, like finally some sort of schedule, some sort of something predictable because I don't you know how to schedule <laughs> exactly. So I don't know how it was for you, but I was like, okay, there's now going to be, I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be nine to five, like a desk job, but I thought there would be a rhythm. There would be a routine because I thrive in rhythms and routines. And that's not a thing in the piloting world. And I did not know that. So he gets to the finish line of school and I am throwing confetti. Like, yes, like, everything. Will, I'll know exactly when to cook dinner. I will know what time to set my alarm, his alarm. We'll know when to take out the dogs. Like I just had everything ready. And that's not what happened. So he finished flight school. And the only airport where he could do flight instructing that was available at the time was in a different state, eight hours away. So he packs up and moves to, to take this job. And he's gone for about three or four months. And at this time we had just moved because I was starting a new job. So I don't know my neighbors. I don't know the town I'm living in. I don't know my coworkers. This is the first time I'm away from my family, like where I can't just drive and see them in the evening. Mm -hmm. And so the one person I know is now gone. And so that was what was next was just more things that were not predictable and more hard stuff. Yeah. I tell people all the time that, you know, being in a long distance relationship and a long distance marriage prepared me for being a pilot's wife because mm -hmm. oh, we for sure. go for months without seeing each other. And then, you know, we were, we finally got married and we, I finally moved him here and then we were spending more time together, but then he was obviously gone. Right. But his, his gone was less than it used to be. So it was easier for me, but now you're like, you flipped that and he's gone for months. How are you alone? What's Peyton like uh, by herself? I, I will tell you, Peyton ended up in a therapist's office to just be totally vulnerable. It was, it was very hard because I'm a perfectionist and I, I, again, I like my schedules and I like my routine and all of a sudden that's flipped on its head. I'm now the man and the woman of the house and that's hard and, and perfection's now completely impossible. Like I can't balance all the things all the time. And I really took that personally. I, I compartmentalized that feeling of inadequacy and the stress that came with it. And so I went to a therapist's office and just spilled it. I said, look, this is not going well. Like life in general is not going well. And, and the crazy thing is I walked out of there being diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder, which would kind of explain my obsession with the perfection, with the schedule, with having all the things lined up. And that turned out to be such a gateway, not just for me healing and understanding I had a mental disorder, but it helped me walk through the season of being a pilot's wife with him being gone so much better. Just gave me a totally different perspective at that point. Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like what a revelation for you. Yeah. And you may never have gotten that diagnosis or got or sought out help to figure out any of that. If it hadn't been you becoming a pilot's wife and having to move across the country and be alone for the first time ever in your life. Right. 
No, I, I totally agree. And, and that's actually what I've told him before, because he he felt guilty for being away too. It was hard on me, but he also knew it was hard on me. And so it was hard on him. Yeah. So emotionally, we were both carrying that. And so that, you know, hindsight, that's something we've both shared is, you know, that actually as much as you don't want to say it, it helped. Like it was something that ended up being healing for me and helping our marriage grow stronger too. Wow. Okay. So it's amazing how, I don't know about you, but um, I believe everything happens for a reason, right? And people, people come in and out of your life at specific times for reasons, situations happen, opportunities present themselves or opportunities go away. Like just, I believe in all of that. I'm sure you do too. And to think like this wonderful human just entered my life and blew it up, but <laughs> right. <laughs> but he also helped me uncover something about myself that you would never have known otherwise, because you probably would have maintained in a environment that hid that aspect of yourself. And so, yeah, it really exposed, exposed it. What a blessing, huh? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I think when we have distractions and when we're around other people and we're not by ourselves having to call all the shots, I think it's really easy to hide stuff you don't want to face or stuff that's going on because you're distracted. But when he was gone and I was just by myself all alone, I was totally vulnerable to all the things that I had just shoved in the corner of my closet. Yeah. I completely resonate with that too. Cause I, obviously I'm alone a lot too. We don't have kids, yeah. you know, you don't have kids. Right. Um, and my family lives far away. Like I don't even live in the same country as my family. You get to really know your thoughts when you're <laughs> by yourself with them. Right. right. For sure. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you find out about your, you said OCD. No. Uh-huh. Yes. What, what's life like now for you now that you know that? So now that I know it, I I do therapy, I take medication and it's, it's so much better. It doesn't, I don't think it makes loneliness and when he's gone necessarily easier, but it's easier for me to process. And it's easier for me to, to say, Hey, Peyton, you've, you've still got to show up in this space. Like this is hard, but your presence is necessary. Like other people need you as well. Josh needs you to hold down the fort. Your terrible dogs need you to some capacity. And so I guess with medication, with therapy, with understanding that I can also let go of the perfection side too. And when I don't navigate the week or two or the month that he's gone, like I would want to, I can just say, look, you you did the best you did kid. You know, like that was all you could bring to the table and you did it as well as you could. And that's okay. And so there's a little bit of grace now that, that I have being a pilot's wife that I don't think I would have if, if I didn't understand what all was going on mentally. Yeah. So here's a question for you. How are the other people in your life? Have, how have they adjusted to you now being a pilot's wife? Because my life totally changed mm-hmm. and the people in my life were obviously impacted by that because yeah, I was no longer able to plan or keep dates or right. I had to be really flexible. And like you, I'm, I'm a type personality. I was like, I'm a scheduler, like put, let's put it in the calendar. Done, yeah. done. And I'd have to like move things all the time. I'd cancel or I would be like, Ooh, can I let you know? And be a little bit wishy-washy, which I hate it. So right. how was the, how are the other people in your life, you know, feeling about you being a pilot's wife now? <laughs> 
Yeah. So, so my family, my parents and my sister absolutely adore Josh. Like I kind of told him I wouldn't date him three different times. Like this was months of him wanting to date. And I was like, no, my parents invited him on a ski trip with us without really confirming with me. We weren't even dating. And they were like, Hey, Josh is coming. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, so they adore him. So anything he does, they're like, Oh, this is marvelous. This is great. So they were super supportive of him, but I will say we moved from Georgia all the way to Colorado for this job, for for his job as a pilot to train with the air force. And that's been hard because my family is very tight knit. Mm -hmm. Most of, both of my parents grew up married, had my sister and I in the same hometown they both grew up in. So it's very, my family's very centrally located, very much grandparents are all a lot of legacy in that neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. A 15 mile radius. You've got all the grandparents, the aunts, the uncles, And I'm kind of the first one to be like, hey, I'm out, like not in a bad way, but like, I just can't stay here. And it's not just like Georgia, just 30 minutes across the state line somewhere else. I mean, I am now hours and hours and days away. And, And I think that's been hard for my family, but it's also been a growing experience for us because we're more intentional with things now, Like we're more intentional to call each other. We're more intentional to write handwritten letters. We're more intentional to send small gifts. And so, you know, for my family, it's been a little difficult with the long distance, but it's also made us appreciate each other in a way that we probably wouldn't if I stayed within that 15 mile radius of everyone else. Yeah, for sure. And so what was it like having to like create a whole new life in another state because you've, you followed your pilot and that's, that's very common. And even him going to the airlines now, he can get moved and his base is going to be some other state. and so. You have to decide, are they going to commute or are you going to move to base and start a whole new life? So what, you know, how's, how's that been for you? I I was very nervous just because as someone who loves to schedule and plan picking up and moving across the country, there's only so much of that you can plan for. Like like, there just is, we, we went from very simple things like in Georgia, you can walk through the green grass without a problem. We took our dogs through the grass in Colorado and we ended up in cacti bushes and had to pick cacti out of our arms. Like there's just so many little unpredictable things that literally came from me just up and moving states for my husband to be a pilot, like very minute things like walking the dogs and running into a bunch of cacti to Peyton, you don't have your mom 15 minutes up the road. Like you have to cook. You can't bum off of your mother. If a decision has to be made, you're in a different time zone. You can't always just call a friend and see what they would do. It's it's midnight for them. You mm-hmm. can't do that. You've now got to make a decision on your own. And when Josh isn't here because he's flying and has no cell phone service, Peyton, you have to make the decision. He literally can't. You're not near anyone else who could help you. And so I think that's been the biggest thing is I've had to learn to be a full-blown decision maker and just take the reins and say, Hey, I think this is what's best. And we're just going to have to go with it and see what happens. Was that not who your personality was before? Would you rely on external validation or confirmation? Yeah. Because, you know, with obsessive compulsive disorder, you're literally obsessed with trying to analyze and overanalyze and triple check that you're making the right decision. And so validation would come from confirming with people I trusted which was great. And that was working fine. But, you know, out here again, I'm not on the same time zone as most of my family and friends. My husband is in the sky. Like we're not even the same atmospheric level three fourths of the time, you know? So like you just yeah, got to make major decisions. life decisions have to happen when he's not uh-huh. around. I totally get that. Yeah. Yep. 
For sure. And it's, it's been hard, but it's also, again, it's been good for me. It's made me grow. It's made me figure out what's important and it's made me buckle down and be a woman full blown. Awesome. Love it. Okay. So I love asking all my guests, you know, this question now, what, what's going on now? (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, he had the interview and he got the job with Endeavor airlines, but all of their bases are East coast. We're out West. And so we know when his one-year contract with the military ends in late spring, early summer, we're picking up and moving again. We don't know which base he's located at. So we know we're moving back across the country, but we don't know where. And that's always the fun thing with being a a pilot's wife for me is, you know, you're not going to stay in the same place for long, but you don't know where you're going. So we're just, we're in this season of of kind of collecting cardboard boxes in a pile and just prepping for the fact that we're literally going to move for like a fifth time in our four-year marriage. But we're excited. I mean, the East Coast is where both of our families are. Mm-hmm. You know, same so time it'll be, zone. Yeah, right. Same time zone. So we'll be moving back East. That's what's kind of going on now. We're prepping for that. And we're just finally celebrating. Like flight school was tough. He does not like being a flight instructor. We've moved all over the country for this, but now he's at an airline. That was his goal. That's what he wanted. And so we're very grateful that in the next six to eight months, we will be at almost like an arrival place. Like we, we got there. Now, of course, we'll probably pick up the move again when he goes from a regional to a major, but at least he's at an airline. So that's the cool part. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And so now what for you, what's going on in your life? Our lives obviously do revolve around their career, their schedule. And it's often a challenge to for you to like stake out your own identity and and things for you for sure. I know that was a challenge for me a little bit, but like, yeah, what's going on with you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I'm, you know what, I'm not guessing when he's going to be home and when to thaw out chicken or if it's my turn to walk the dogs, because I'm not sure when he lands his airplane. I write. So I'm an author. My my first book debuted a year ago yesterday. (gasps) So I'm in the process of, I have two more books that are being written and pitched to agents and publishers. So I'm in the world of writing. I get to work from home as an editor for a digital magazine. And so that is the blessing being a pilot's wife. My job's remote. So when we pick up and move, it's not an issue. I just pick up my laptop and move, but just lots of writing, lots of taking care of terrible dogs. And also just continuing to figure myself out because being a pilot's wife has really made me figure out who Peyton is. Yeah. What's your, what was, what was your first book? So it's called not so by myself. And it's actually about those first three to four months while Josh was away. Like that's my memoir of what I experienced, my mental health journey, just buckling down and having to make decisions for the first time ever. And so not so by myself is literally my journey of starting out as a pilot's wife. Excellent. And what's uh, book two and three? Ah, so I, I have two. So one of them is a historical fiction book. So I'm branched out a little into fiction and it's a 1930s murder mystery. So I I'm super old school. I love the forties. I love the fifties. And so Still playing around with titles, but I've got the historical fiction book finished. I'm just editing it. And then the other one is still more of a memoir with my journey with my mental health, but it's called Tired, Hungry, and Kind of Faithful. So just the idea of, again, not being perfect. Like you're showing up with what you've got, but you're tired, you're hungry, and you're doing the best you can. Yeah. Amen. That's literally our life <laughs> on, on, on the daily. You know, the, the day of the recording this one, his schedule has changed. And, you know, now I'm like, okay, well, just text me when you land and I'll come get you. And, right. um, uh, you know, like 
I left my corporate career after we got married and he finally moved to Canada and we were together because that's when I had my big aha moment of like, oh my gosh, Jess, you've married a pilot. Like, (laughs) right. uh, So yeah, this, you know, career of yours and this career of his, they're never going to line up because you physically have to show up to this office every day, the nine to nine grind. Right. And he's leaving all the time. So, (laughs) so someone's got to give, right. And my perspective was like, he loves being a pilot. You know, it's his passion. Mm-hmm. He's, I would never ask him to do anything else. I right. had started to fall out of love with my career anyways. And so I was like, all right, I'll be tribute. I'll like, you know, pick right. me. Right. But yeah, being flexible and mobile and being able to pick up and go and follow him was, was a key factor into what I was going to do next because he was interviewing for jobs that could potentially have him based in another city and or country. And going back to a long distance marriage was not something that I wanted to do. So I'm like, you know, wherever he goes, I need to go too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, his schedule is literally subject to change in weather. Like, you know, your schedule is now subject to where the wind blows quite literally. Exactly. I didn't realize that marrying a pilot was going to change the course of my life as well, but it did because I left a career that... I had had been in for 15 years, was very successful in and was kind of part of my identity too. Yeah. Diverted, let's well, use a little <laughs> pilot language here, diverted in to support his career, you know, in service of him. But in hindsight, when I look back at the change, like it was actually a bigger benefit to me because it finally put me on a path that was a, like what I wanted to do. And it, and it helps me discover more about myself. So same way you ended up in that therapist's office and learned <laughs> all that about you. Like the same thing for me. I learned so much about myself after right. you know getting married, not just being a partner, but being a partner in a lifestyle that is challenging on the daily basis. You have to learn right. so much about yourself and really quickly, and you need to be really tuned into who you are because you are alone so much of the time too. And the distractions are gone. Yeah. And so you have to be like, oh, okay. Like it's, it's me and me. Right. <laughs> right exactly. And I, we don't even have, be- like, we don't have dogs. So at least you can be like, okay, it's me and the dogs. Right. It was like <laughs> it was me and me and uh, really had to like tune into that. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a crazy life, but it has lots of blessings. And, For you know, sure. now that you guys are moving to the airlines. There'll be a few pilot wife perks, you know, if you yes <laughs> benefits with, you know, I, I joke with everybody because I'm like, yeah, I'm a pilot's wife, but with none of the benefits because my <laughs> husband doesn't fly for an airline. Right. So I don't get any of those tickets. I don't get like standby. Right. <laughs> like, oh, isn't that, I'm like, it, it's the, it's the furthest thing from glamorous. I could, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, if for anyone listening who may be dating a pilot right now, what advice do you have for them as they venture into this relationship, uh, that might give them a little bit of a runway of what to expect? <laughs> I like your, your play on words. Thing. I know. Yeah. I'm like what you and I got, like we had no clue. Cause like I had a long distance right. relationship with my husband. So even though he was already a pilot, I didn't know the impact it was going to have on my life because yeah, he didn't for sure. Me. So when he finally showed up, I was like, Oh, Okay. So this is what this is like. (laughs) This is Um, what this hype is all about. Yeah. So if you had like words of wisdom for somebody dating a pilot, what would they be? You know, I think so often, I think people want, when it comes to relationship advice, they want to know how they can show up for the other person or how to navigate their life for the other person. 
But really, I think you've got to learn a little bit about yourself and you've got to navigate you because that's what made our relationship so hard was I had things about me that were just not where they should be. And so anyone dating a pilot, I just, I encourage them to double check that they know where they're grounded, that they know where they're rooted, where their identity is staked in and to have I wouldn't say confidence because I don't think people are ever fully confident. People struggle all the time, but just know where you're grounded. So when you show up for your pilot, for your person, you're still fully you too. And because that's, that's who the person loves is you. And so you've got to show up as you in the best way possible. And so that's my advice as far as the relationship goes, is being grounded in yourself. Yeah. And then for somebody who is a stickler for schedules, like you, you and I used to be, <laughs> What's your advice for um, letting go of it? Yeah, what I had to do was I tried to make my schedule and his schedule mesh. Like there was a marriage schedule. Dinner would be here. This would be there. And that just, you know, like you and I talked about (laughs) no such thing. Like you just don't know. And so I learned to create a schedule that was very healthy for me with the understanding that he might show up or he might not. Like this is Peyton's schedule and Josh is either going to merge in with it or he's not. And so I still got to keep my routine. So that kind of fed the schedule side of me, but also just knowing, Hey, this is Peyton's schedule, not Josh's. It also let me breathe a little and not just go into a panic when Josh didn't step in at two o'clock or five o'clock for dinner. Yeah, I completely agree. We we did the same thing over here was I just continued on with my life. Right. Yeah, and exactly. I just did the things. And if he happened to be home, great. And if he wasn't home, <laughs> Okay. And because in the beginning I would be like, Oh, I got to change these plans because he's home now. And then I would change the plans and then the phone would ring and he would be gone. I'm like, okay, so I just canceled my plans so that we could spend time together because you were only home for a couple of days, but now you're leaving early. That's done. Yeah. Okay. Not doing that again. Right. I learned that really, really quickly. And the other thing I, I had to get used to, I don't know about you, but showing up to a lot of things on your own right? Like you think like, oh my gosh, I'm married. I have like a forever plus one. I'm always going to have a date to like all the the weddings and all the events and all the dinners. And here I was like showing up solo again um, or on my own all the time. And that was something that I really had to like work to embrace because part of my envision of a beautiful marriage from being a little girl was like going to places together. Right. Yeah. Josh worked last Christmas. He was working Christmas day last year. And so we just had to push certain things off, rotate things, switch things up. And it just, it was what it was. Mm -hmm. What's your number one, I guess it's a little bit for you because you're not an airline wife as of yet, (laughs) but the number one like question when I show up somewhere and he's not with me is, Oh, where, you know, where is he? (laughs) And I'm like, I have no clue. Like, I don't know. He's in the sky. I don't know. But are there like questions that you get as a pilot's wife that you're like, I could, I could live without this question. Yeah. I think a very, very awkward one. And it always comes from people who are not in your circle. I don't know about for you, but it's like, we don't even talk and you're coming out of nowhere with this. A lot of people kind of beat around the idea that like, oh, well, as a pilot's wife, do you think pilots cheat more often than other careers? Cause they're gone and there's hotel rooms and there's, and I'm like, Lord have mercy. (laughs) Number one, just not a question. I feel like you should ask me, you know, like probably not the best one, but, but it's also one of those things where I answer and say like, that's a character thing. I don't care what career you have. That is a character thing. And the fact is I trust him and he trusts me. 
in the sky in a hotel at home with me that matter. Like that, that's a character thing. And we trust each other. Wow. I've never gotten that one. It's strange because, you know, the way people try to ask a question that personal, they, they kind of walk around it. You know what I mean? Like the approach is very awkward. It's just a completely interesting conversation to have. When that's not, that's not a question anybody should be asking anyone, whether their, <laughs> their, their spouse is around and goes to the office every day or, you know, exactly work shift work or whatnot, like that right. you know, rudeness, seriously. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. I'd be annoyed if that I got that question <laughs> once, let alone more than once. Any, any, any others? I think a lot of people, they assume financially that like you are in the 200, 300 K. And so people just step into questions like, Oh, so what are you going to do with all that money? And I'm like, what money? What money? That's a great <laughs> question. I don't know because no, like that's not how this works. We now have to pay off his flight school, like the loan yeah. we took out for him to go to flight school. And so a lot of people ask money questions and it's, And those usually aren't like people poking or trying to be super nosy. I think they think that's a neat thing for us. Like, oh, that's great. Now you can do this and that, but I can't, you know, like that's, that's not how this is going to work. So that that is one misconception about the industry that really needs to like be broken. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wish we did. It'd be nice if we made 200 K off of just one paycheck, but no, it's not how it works. Yeah. So mine is always like, oh, where is he? And I'm like, (laughs) right. (laughs) And the other one is, so do you get to go to like cool places? And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, I'm like, it's his job. Like, I'm, he's not just like bringing his wife along, like bring your wife along to say, like he works corporate and private. Right. So yeah. Yeah. He's going to some cool places, but there's clients. There's like paying guests in the back of those planes. (laughs) Like families don't, go like you and I don't get a special t-shirt that's like I'm the pilot's wife and we just get to sit first class and wave at everybody like it does not work that way oh my goodness awesome all right well this has been so much fun as I said like I always love talking to other another pilot's wife because we just have a bond and an understanding about life that others just don't get because you know they just don't know and uh, yeah so but anything else anything else you want to talk about anything else you want to share any words of wisdom anything about your book that you want to talk about Yeah. If just, if you want to find my book, if you want to find my blog, which has stories about being a pilot's wife, being a dog mom to terrible, terrible animals, peytongarland.me. Like the terrible dogs. They're bad. They are so bad, but they're so cute. And I just, that's like, God knows who to make cute. That he did that with the dogs. He did that with my husband. I love them with a love that is strange. So they're, they're my babies, but they are featured on my blog. They are featured in my book. So if you want to check out any of that, just PeytonGarland.me. It's my website and you can find everything all in one place. Awesome. What kind of dogs do you have? They are mutts is what they are. They're little rescue mutts, but Daisy is a red healer, Jack Russell mix. But after she got fixed, she had a hormonal imbalance that never like balance itself out. So her breed is supposed to weigh about 35 pounds and she's coming in at a whopping 70. So yeah. So she only like, we measure her food. She goes for hikes with us. She's just, we call her our sausage ball that she's just our curvy girl. And so then, it's kind of like, she has like thyroid issues or exactly, something. Exactly. Like exactly. And there's just not much with dogs that they can do about it. So she's, she's a curvy girl. That's what she likes to say. 
And then Alfie is an 80 pound, big brindle pit bull mix. So he's just this big baby and they, they love and hate each other in the perfect way that brothers and sisters love and hate each other. Awesome. I love it. Oh my goodness. This is so much fun. We'll definitely need to do this again. Um, Please. Maybe not recorded, but I, you know, getting together with other pilots wife and just like sharing the stories, you're like, Oh, yeah. time. and they're like, Oh my God. Yes. Right. right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'll swap some fun stories, but it was so great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming yeah, and sharing absolutely. and just- you know, letting the world know what it was like for you to, you know, marry a pilot and or get married and find out he wanted to be a pilot. Right. Probably a little <laughs> bit more appropriate. And uh, and yeah, share share your story and just vulnerably open up about your own, you know, journey into your mental health and what you're doing to balance it and manage it is as the best way it is for you. Awesome guys. Okay. So thanks so much for tuning in. It was, it's, it's always so fun to come out and have a, a now what Wednesday um, with friends. If this episode resonated with you, give us a share, a like subscribe. If you know somebody who's going through a similar story, maybe it's not super specific, like they're dating a pilot, but in another relationship, like a pilot where they're gone a lot, a lot of travel, a lot of scheduling upheaval. If you found this episode helpful, share it with them because it might help them figure out their own now what, you know, maybe whether they want to stay in that relationship or not, or just how to navigate it if they do want to stay. So that's it from us. Follow me at jess.loves.life and we will talk to you guys soon. Bye guys. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank Now What? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do, how to move forward and help you answer now what. See you on the next episode.